Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Playdate. This is Allison LeBron, and I'm I'm really thrilled today. I'm like, <laughs> I'm actually wiggling my butt. I'm shaking because I am here with an amazing woman who I met through someone who was actually on our podcast about a month ago, Timothy, who if you haven't listened to his podcast episode, go and listen to it now because it was so juicy. And he kindly introduced us. And as soon as we met, we're like, oh my gosh, like, wow, wow, wow. So Marie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Allison, it's such an honor and a pleasure to be here. And I I have to say like the feelings that you mentioned of our meeting and the synergy are reciprocated. I, I remember feeling instantly connected and seen and received by you. Aww. So it is so good to be here today. Thank you for having me. Yes. And we're in your beautiful apartment in Park Slope drinking this yummy, it's like a mushroom coffee blend coffee it's like an elixir it's so good (laughs) when i got here and you offered me a mushroom coffee elixir i was like oh my god yes okay thank you (laughs) i've landed in the right spots (laughs) so tell us i'd love for you to just tell the people who are you what you know what are you about what's your i know bio it's like how can we put someone's energy into three sentences but yeah (laughs) all right the nuts and bolts of who I am I am many things I am an entrepreneur I am a podcast host I am a dancer a personal trainer and a human being who just really seeks to find all the ways to connect to the deepest parts of myself and my work lies in how movement is the most profound tool we have at our fingertips to not only see the deepest parts of ourselves, but to connect and integrate with them. And through that connection and integration, we have the ability to live in our most authentic truth, uh, live our life with the most autonomy and authority, and then be able to really express ourselves in the ways that we would like and then allow that to trickle out so that our lives are meaningful, happy, and fulfilling. Oh my God. Wow. There's so much juice in there. <laughs> like, where do I start? <laughs> so much juice. Um, oh, I just want to let that sink in because I, I love so many of the words that you use. I, I want to start in a different direction than I normally start. I love the two words that you use, autonomy and uh, what was the second word? authority Uh, authority yeah i feel like that's such an important and big theme right now so tell me more about like what is your journey been like around that theme i mean how have you really cultivated and discovered your own autonomy and your own authority and what what does that mean to you Mm. so it's interesting because the first word that i was working with most was authenticity And as I was developing my relationship to this idea of authenticity, uh, I noticed autonomy and authority really kind of rode in along that. And it speaks a lot to my own sense of those words because I think most of my life I never felt like I was in the driver's seat. I was always feeling like I didn't belong. I grew up feeling like an alien that didn't, like not only that I was alien to the family I was born into, that I was so different from my parents and my sister and like, and really had the sense as a child growing up that a lot of what I did was terrifying to them and a lot of my urges felt wrong to them. And and so 
I grew up feeling kind of squashed in a lot of boxes that felt really awful to be in, but like as a survival mechanism, I just like shut up and did it. And so, you know, for me to like come back into the things that I really loved and found joy in was like a lifelong unveiling. And I do have to say I was lucky enough in the sense that one joy that I had, I was able to like vociferously stay connected to, and that was dance. Uh, And despite all the discomfort of my upbringing and not feeling seen or heard for who I was and being able to express that, I was given every opportunity to dance. So I'm so grateful for that. My parents worked so hard to like do everything they could in that respect for me. And as an adult, I I just started kind of unpacking more and more of like the interests I had as a child and being able to reconnect with those. And so authenticity was such an important part of that to just allow myself to be drawn into the things I loved, uh, to be consumed by my creativity, to be led by my curiosity, and to not feel so limited by the rules and regulations of what the correct life looks like or what a productive life or a responsible life or a successful life looks like because I had a lot of barriers around that. And as I was dropping into that authenticity, I started to realize autonomy and authority were actually very important because when you when you allow yourself to be yourself, there's also an element of taking ownership of who you are and making decisions around that. And then it empowers you. Like you, you suddenly are in the driver's seat of your life versus just being a passenger or being thrown on a ride you don't want to be on. And then there's there's something beautiful of that then like being able to be empowered enough to make those choices, to have authority, to like make decisions and to say yes to things and no to things and put boundaries up when they're needed. So I think those words are very big part of my own evolution and and my unfolding and my connecting to deeper parts of myself, which I've gotten to experience through movement. And then as movement has opened these things up for me, it's led to other things coming into my life to just expand that process even more. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Ooh, (laughs) I'm just sitting here with my mouth open like, wow. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it's almost, I feel like we're all sort of having that moment in this time where we're waking up to like, wait a second, Mm -hmm. like we have to be the ones, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. if we're not getting in the driver's seat, you know, who knows who's in the driver's seat? Mm -hmm. So I'm curious because you and I share a passion for movement and dance and you were raised, trained to become a professional dancer and are a professional dancer. So I'm curious to know like what has this unpacking in sort of diving into these themes of autonomy and authority, how has that impacted how you move and how you dance and, and do that whole thing? So that's a really fascinating question, especially given the context of the last eight weeks or so, because uh, I had this, I had an interesting relationship with dance where it was like my life's blood. It was what I was going to do with my life, my whole life. It was my entire identity swallowed up into this ideal of being a dancer, choreographer, being a professional. And when I came to New York and I started pursuing that dream professionally, I was so disappointed with what I found. And it wasn't dance, the medium, that was disappointing me. It was the industry and the belief systems and the culture around it. And I did not want to participate in it. And it was such a 
painful process to decide that I didn't want to participate in that culture and that mentality and that consciousness, but to still be so in love with the art, but then at the same time, not have not feel that I had the resources or the opportunities available that I wanted to stay connected in the way that I wanted. So I actually then decided to stop pursuing dance, which led to me completely severing my identity with it. And that was one of the most painful processes I've ever been through. It happened about three or four years ago. And I remember like losing all sense of myself, like talking about having a sense of connectedness to something despite being an alien my whole life growing up I one thing I had was dance and suddenly that was gone and without it I didn't know who I was where I started where I ended where I began like none of it and um, it was actually in the last two years I've been allowing myself to reconnect to dance through my own experience of it usually in isolation by myself and I've finally been like going back to take classes or go to dance-based events again. And I recently had this experience when I was by myself where I actually made the conscious choice to actually try and engage with movement through the lens of dance that I'd grown up with, through like that professional lens. And it was the most beautiful reclamation and sense of coming home into myself because for the first time, I actually got to connect with it purely from my authenticity on account of my own authority and because of my own autonomy. And there was like the synthesis of these three elements that I'd never actually embodied or experienced before. And it was, it was just such a pleasure and a joy to step into that fully for myself because I wanted to, and because it felt exciting to me. Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. I can so, I mean, thank you for sharing that. And I can absolutely relate 150% because I'm going through the same process. I just this summer declared I no longer want to be a coach. And it's been my identity for so many years. And it's been something I've been working towards for like over 10 years. And oh my God, when you said like that you didn't even know who you were, like same exact thing. It's been such an interesting last like six months of just being like, who the heck am I? Um, but I'm curious to know for the listeners out there, like, what did that process look like? You know, how did you, how did you go through that process? Cause I know it's hard, you know, when we live inside of a world where we're told and taught, like, this is, you know, dance is this way. This is what it has to look like to be able to come and reclaim it as your own is quite a journey. So (laughs) I'd love for you to share, you know, what tools did you use or what um, perspectives really supported you in that, that transformation? I think there were a lot of elements there. Um, The biggest thing that first happened was just like a lot of despair and crying. (laughs) Like uh, my boyfriend at the time can attest, like it's just a lot of crying, a lot of breakdowns. Um, And, you know, I just needed a lot of comfort for a while. And I, I think, you know, everything happens at a right time and right place. And if you're open to like the support and the, and the guidance is always there. And at that time I happened to be connecting with a lot of people from 
you know, my past in dance back from high school, you know, including one of my dance teachers from high school at the time who was going through a very similar um, total transformation with her relationship to dance. And uh, she and I connected a lot. And through our conversations together, I was able to gain a lot of perspective. I have this ability I tapped into at the time when I realized through my speaking is where I get my greatest clarity. Huh. And, and it was in communion and in conversation with other people that I was finally able to start unpacking my experience and understand more of what was happening. And, and through these conversations with fellow dance students and then this teacher of mine, um, she actually ended up inviting me to teach in China for eight weeks. And at the time, it was like a crazy idea because I run a business here as a personal trainer in New York and I just decided to take the leap. I figured, you know, it'll be here for me or what, what's meant to be here for me will be here, but I have to take this opportunity. Despite the fact I'd never formally taught dance, I'd always, you know, volunteered or like done like pop-ups here and there or choreographed in college, and but I'd never actually formally held the title of a dance teacher. And to do it in a foreign country where I didn't know the language after having divorced myself from dance was one of the biggest, uh, boldest leaps I've ever taken. But that was the moment when I got to watch people who'd never done these kind of movements or never interacted with dance in this way, to watch them become transformed in a matter of five days. To watch that transformation was just so powerful for me. And it was so validating to watch something I'd always known for myself actually happen for other people. And to have been able to provide the space and help facilitate that, it it lit the fire underneath me. And I came back and I was like, this is what I have to do. And I found, I decided I wanted to teach. And shortly after I was connected with Lauren Pelletorelli of Liberated Movement. And she gifted me the opportunity to audition and become a teacher, which I did. And, And then that that also all sparked my going into the studio by myself because when I was in China, I had this moment of inspiration like in between our weeks of teaching where I said, I would like to use one of the dance studios for just like four hours. Can we arrange that? And all the teachers decided to go and we went and initially it was like four hours. That's a lot of time. And four hours flew by. There's something about just having this huge chunk of space in an empty space and to just have total freedom in there to do whatever you wanted, whether it was stretching, whether it was rolling around, whether it was journaling, whether it was chatting, whether it was moving and dancing. But I remember unpacking so much in that time that I'd never unpacked before. And I realized I have to do this. I have to make this a priority for myself. And wow. so I did. Wow. Woo! So much juice. So I'm hearing a lot well, I like to use the word play or like hearing you kind of really playing with and being curious inside of this kind of life transition. And I love that you blocked out four hours of time. That's so priceless. (laughs) Like I tell, I mean, that's something I started doing. I think I had a mentor of mine a few years ago. She said, you want to make sure to block out at least an hour a day if you can of just, she would call it like nonsense time or something, or just like, you don't have to be creating anything. You don't have to be generating, manifesting. It's like, just like time to just be. And like, um, so I'm curious to know, because I know that you are very much into quantum physics and energy, as am I, and how do those two things connect? Like, 
do you still give yourself that much time in your day, you know, your daily schedule or weekly schedule? And how does that impact your ability to be able to kind of receive the gifts of that are wanting to be given to you versus having to like grind and work hard and all of that? Uh, <laughs> it's a laugh because this is like the constant struggle. I am still learning and I'm still understanding the deeper depths of how to be navigating like my own growth and expansion but then also allowing myself to just be um and it's interesting because something I, I started touching into this week was even with self development even with like practices like meditation or movement or even you know healthy eating or energy work like whatever there's always like a very delicate balance where those things can go from nourishing to then limiting or kind of obsessive where they where they actually start to impinge on your ability to just breathe and be and i because i'm a very like intellectual absorbing sort of thinker I anything I read or, or hook onto I can remember forever. I have a crazy memory for these things. And so when it comes to like meditation and then my understanding of quantum physics and energetics, I can get very lost in that rabbit hole very quickly. And it's something I have to remind myself of a lot of just like, you know, when to go into the work and then when to like allow myself to just kind of soften and be with what's happening and actually be present with the evolution versus so in my head about it. And the last few weeks were very clarifying because I got trapped into this currency of productivity, mm-hmm. right? Where we think of like money as like a very strong idea of currency. I think productivity in our world is one of the strongest. I even think on some level it's stronger than money, like the the need to produce, the need to have tangible things you're doing and results you're delivering. And that can go even for like a meditation and like, you know, energetics <laughs> practice where you feel, I need to be, I need to be generating those good feelings. I need to be projecting like my future self out there right here right now because if I'm not doing it right now I'm going to be creating a bunch of things I don't want and um to to recognize that that was happening and then to allow myself the ability to retreat yeah you know to just like retreat from it was really important so I have to say like uh I'm still navigating all these waters of of energetics and meditation I I know I have a much stronger practice than most people. I've cultivated a a sitting practice. I've cultivated an ability to meditate as I'm walking. I do meditations pretty much every time I'm in the subway. (laughs) And anytime I can think of it, like I know how to tap into that energy of like upliftedness, expansiveness, oneness, like, like pure feeling of love. Uh, and I'm really attempting to do that as often as I can because for me it connects closely to the present moment. Mm-hmm. But it is that razor's edge where sometimes it goes into that frenetic, like, uh, like grippy, like crazed, uh, like almost psychotic tendency of like needing to be so good. Um, and, and then I have to catch myself when that happens. So that's kind of a newer element I've been working with recently in my own personal practice. <laughs> I love how honest you are. And yes, the like perfectionist spiritual conscious person <laughs> where you're like supposedly doing these practices to find more freedom, but then all of a sudden you're like, and here I am again, like <laughs> making it a big deal and like yeah, like being so like hard about it. Um 
So I just have a playful question. I don't know where, like a curveball. I'm just um, wondering, what are you really curious about right now? What kinds of things are sort of in the back, you know, back, back burner, whispering at you or kind of pulling at you? A big theme that's been coming up for me right now is this idea of community, how communities are formed, how they how they actually become healthy environments for people to grow. And you and I touched on this a little bit earlier when we first started chatting before we sat down here today of, you know, how communities can oftentimes surface from this place of being very inclusive, but then they also have a tendency to immediately become rigid and out and like push people out by default. And something I'm really passionate about right now, because I feel like I've been getting pings from the universe, little like nudges from different people, like on several occasions about this idea of community and how uh, in movement specifically, there isn't a whole lot of inclusive community. There's a lot of my camp versus their camp, you know, or this way versus that. You're either doing um, CrossFit or you're not, you know, you're either doing you know, Edo Portal movement method or you're not like, and it's very similar to even like these political dichotomies, even like, you know, like the gender freedom stuff. And, and I, I want to, I'm really very passionate about creating an all inclusive movement community. One that, one that allows space for everybody to be interested in all the things, you know, I, it's even interesting, like science versus woo woo. I, I see them as so intimately the same. Like when you look at the kind of new age model, the alternative, um, healing spirituality, and then you look at where quantum physics is going, like there are so many parallels, but there tends to be a very, people tend to delineate into one camp or another. And, just that's like the big thing I've been percolating in my brain and find myself reading about and leaning into and talking to people about is like, how can the community become something that is more embracing and inclusive and, you know, allow space for people to be their unique selves, you know, Mm. understanding that when you create community, there's going to be certain camps and similarities, but can we do our best not to ostracize those who maybe don't want to be in the community or people who come in and have connections in others? Mm. Ooh, that's so juicy. I love that. Um, Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Yes. I'm curious to know what would your dream community look like? Like if you were to create a dream um, community like campus or I don't know what kinds of things would it have in it? (laughs) Uh, So this is this is it funny because um, as I've been thinking about community, I've been leaning into the thought of creating a, a community focused event. Uh, as kind of like a spinoff from my podcast and like just thinking like the power of what a podcast brings and opening up ideas and and giving people nudges to lean into something and then giving them a space to do it um mm. which I don't think a lot of people do but <laughs> at least not in the way I want to so what does that look like I don't even know yeah. because this is so new I'm more interested in letting the idea itself be materialized and manifested in the way that's going to be of the highest honor and benefit to the most people possible yeah. than of it looking so, like something specific that I've seen and so I'm really 
allowing myself to be open to this looking like something completely wild and unknown and crazy that I can't possibly even imagine right now. But just by like taking each next step, like connecting with the people who I know want in and want to deliver on this level and then you know like bringing in people to help support and grow this and then you know invite people who are enthusiastic and open-minded and we can all agree that we're in the space to be uh novices right to be learning fresh to like have a clean page for the day and we may have our journals filled up with all the stuff we've accumulated in our experience before but that day we're coming in with a fresh page to lay new experiences down Ooh, ooh, wow i'm excited about this (laughs) i'm really excited um so what are some of your favorite books like I know you know you study you're really into energy you're into quantum physics you're into movement are there any books that you've read that incorporate all those things or do you have a couple favorite books that you're excited to share about um around this whole theme of sort of being autonomous being yourself being free to like lead your life uh so in terms of like a book that synthesizes all of these I don't think one exists yeah. um which is like maybe, maybe write it. I've been, I've been wanting to write a book for a while but well, I'm waiting for the right time and I I think my favorite book uh of all time right now is Becoming Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza So Dr. Joe Dispenza is really like, for me, the biggest catalyst into my meditation experience, my spirituality, everything. Um, I first encountered him when I was 14 years old in the movie, What the Bleep Do We Know?, which transformed my life back then. And I became reacquainted in my early 20s. And the last couple of years, I went into like an all-out dive into his work where I went to three of his in-person workshops last year and they are very advanced, rigorous events, but they are incredible. And that book, Becoming Supernatural, just synthesized so much for me. It took a lot of the science, it took a lot of the you know, spirituality, and um, I've read all of his books, but that one is my favorite. Um, another book that I really loved uh, was Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert because it just gives you permission to not feel so omnipotent all the time. And I loved the concept of treating ideas as living, breathing entities. Um, For me, that was such a big perspective change to realize like, you know, that if I had an idea, like I was really working with something and I was in partnership with it. And the thought of like maintaining that partnership for like a mutual love and interest and, um, passion was just such a game changer for me. And then I also really love David R. Hawkins. I love his work. I'm, I'm reading power versus force for the first time. And I've read let the, Letting Go, like The Art of Surrender. That was my first book of his that I read. But for me, like, I always just love to read all these things. Recently, I've been reading a lot more about human design, which I'm not sure if Timothy talked about, but uh, that's... We we talk about it a lot, he and I. And for me, like, that work and, like, the work of Abraham and Esther Hicks, like, also... 
I, I find all these threads where they're all saying the same thing in a different language. Yeah. And I love being able to uptake information through new lenses and then have like a, a more multifaceted, multidimensional, stronger, expanded understanding of it as a result. Mm. Oh my God. Yes. I love, oh my God. Yeah. The being superhuman, being supernatural. Is that what becoming. becoming supernatural? So I just started reading that book maybe three months, two months ago. Yeah, I just just got, I know, I just really like landed in his world, but Big Magic is another one of my favorite books. And I started reading Power Versus Force, but I've not finished it. But I feel like it's one of those books that's like, you could read it over and over and over and over again. Um, and you know what's interesting? I don't, you would really love this coach, Hiro Boga. I think her name is spelled H-I-R-O Boga. She talks about what you were mentioning about Elizabeth Gilbert saying like ideas are entities. So she has this whole series of questions that I've been playing with in the last like maybe four weeks. And it's so exciting and so juicy where you actually like go in and ask your idea or the project that you're working on could be a business project and you'll ask it this whole series of questions like what's your desire how do you want to partner with me are your um is this aligned for you and me right now like is what your intention is aligned with my intention and if it isn't is there something that I can shift in my world so that it actually is aligned like I mean it's like 10 questions where you go really deep into like almost like interviewing an idea getting to know it and also getting to find out like you know, is there something that I need to tweak over here? Or maybe I need to put this aside for now um, because it's so fascinating and so juicy and so cool. Um, it's, it's been really helpful for me. I don't, I feel called to share that. <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm totally going to look that up. Yeah. I'm doing that now. <laughs> I'll send you, I'll send you her Instagram because she actually, I'll send you the post where she listed all the questions in the post because she's that kind of generous um, coach and woman. <laughs> um, I would love for you, I just felt called to have you share the story of Dr. Joe Dispenza, like, because if people are listening and they haven't heard, like, how he actually worked with his body and healing some mm-hmm. situation he had. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what started Dr. Joe Dispenza with his line of work was uh, he was competing in a triathlon, I believe. Um, he was in his early 20s. He had just opened his own chiropractic practice in California. And he was on the bike portion when he got literally nailed by a car. I don't remember. It was a big car. I don't remember specifically what kind. Maybe an SUV. Some was like the traffic control wasn't really watching. And this woman plowed into him and basically crushed multiple vertebrae in his spine to the point where he was advised by several top uh, medical professionals in that specific line of surgery to get Harrington rod surgery, which basically meant implanting these steel rods in his back. And, and that as a result, he would be paralyzed, but his body would be functioning. And he, for some reason was like, no, uh, he, he had this inkling that there was this intelligence within his body that knew what to do that could take him back to full health. And so while in the hospital, like lying face down, um, you know, not not able to move or do anything, he just spent the next several weeks visualizing 
what he would feel like to be completely healed and healthy again. And any time a thought crossed his mind that led the other way of being in the wheelchair, being incapacitated, he stopped it and started again. Wow. And he even went through the practice of visualizing his body and those spinal pieces re uh, aligning and coming back together and, and finding their way back. And within, I think, six to eight weeks, he was back to walking and already like came out of that hospital. And the doctors didn't know how to explain it. But he, he'd even sort of made a deal. as like, if I can do this, I will spend the rest of my life, you know, devoted to helping people do this for themselves. And you know he he's able to do this in multiple realms i think his special his speciality is really instantaneous healings and you see you see the energy there in the workshops um just exponentially accelerating where more people are getting healed of more serious conditions more and more quickly now he's even at the point where people are getting healed remotely through some of the groups of his students and workshop participants that are now like engaging in these healing sessions together and um I mean, but people manifest all sorts of things through his work, like instantaneous wealth, instantaneous partnerships, like all sorts of wow. things. And I think he does a really beautiful job at debunking some of the science around what allows law of attraction to be a real thing right. and how it's real. And he, and he uses epigenetics. He uses uh, endocrinology. He uses neuroscience. He uses quantum physics. And he marries them all in such a beautiful way where like, you get it. And so when you sit down for the meditations, it's not just like this feeling of, if I feel it, it'll come. You cannot understand like what's happening biologically within your body when you feel resistance to sitting. You understand that there's like a hard wiring going on. And then it just like motivates you to get past yourself, which is huge. I love that. Yeah, because it takes out the whole element of like well this teacher is saying to do this so I just should you know what I mean it's like when we explain the science behind it you understand why I'm doing this which comes back to the autonomy you can be autonomous you can be like okay I understand why I'm making this choice I'm not just doing it because some guru or teacher or whatever coach said you should do this (laughs) like it's really coming from a genuine place of understanding so I'm curious to know how do you incorporate this all of this with movement um because i know you teach movement and you facilitate movement in um new york city so where what does that look like or if you want to share about that i think movement is just an opportunity to go into the unknown and I think like one of the biggest cornerstones of Dr. Joe's work, like his meditative process, what he's always getting people to do is like go into the unknown. Because the way he describes it is when you're in the known, you're in a program, right? If you can predict it, if you can plan it, if you could foresee it, it is reflective of all the things you've done, seen, been, experienced, which is the past version of yourself. And most of the time we are projecting our past into our future and we are repeating the same experiences over and over. But if you truly go into like the unknown place, um, that's where the unfolding happens. That's where the magic happens. And for me, I know intuitively as a kid, that's what I loved about improvisation and dance was like, nobody else loved improv. I did. Like, I was the crazy kid who was like, just put on the song. I'm going to dance. Like, I remember doing that when I was three. We have videos of it. And I, I, there was something, I think as a kid, I was already just automatically tapping into that magic of 
being free in the unknown and, and like being able to like feel that like that surge come through, like that amplification, that whole new influx of energy and potential. And I just was so hungry for it. So when I teach classes, I want people to know that every movement you do, if you're willing to really hone in and like feel and then and then feel it in a new way, you're engaging with the unknown, even if you're doing the same movement that you've done a million times. Even if you're just stretching your arms upward, there's a difference between throwing your arms up by your head and be like, they're up. And then there's a difference <laughs> like being like, I'm gonna feel my legs anchor into the ground and root into the earth. I'm gonna feel that energy diving it down as far as it can. And then I'm gonna feel my spine and my arms like shoot up and spiral through the ceiling into the heavens. And I wanna be the bridge between heaven and earth. And you sit there and you feel that. And I want you to feel that energy, feel that tension, build it, build it, go further than you think you can. Breathe into the sensations, breathe into that feeling, breathe into your expansion. And the second you do that, you're in the unknown. Yeah. You're in a whole new experience of yourself. And you walk out of like these simple stretches. Because I don't do anything crazy. And there's like a lot of repetition. But it's like where is your focus at? Where, where are you framing your orientation and your relationship to yourself? Are you, is your brain trying to not be there? Or are you deciding to be there because the sensations are a reflection that you are in a body that's alive? You are in a body that's talking to you, that's, that's like, you know, loving you, that's here for you, supporting you. And yes, like some of these sensations are uncomfortable, but like these are markers of you being here on this earth. Like you being a creator, like you're creating shit. Movement is creation. Yeah. <laughs> you create something. It's, I mean, so that, that's how I facilitate these experiences. I love, I love that. I love that you're using something like movement, which is like an anchor thing. It's like a tangible thing. We all know that we can like lift our arms above our head. So I love that you're using that as a way to actually practice like being a creator in our life. Like, well, I could just wake up and like go make breakfast or I could like we did in our class with Marie, like when I lifted my hands above my head, I could imagine that like there's energy spiraling through my whole body and like go to the, you know, go to the kitchen and, and then like see what happens, what actually emerges out of that practice. So, um, how do you incorporate this whole thing into like maybe like simple things in your day-to-day life i was literally just gonna be like hand me the mic i have the next thing so one of my favorite things to do this with is walking whenever i'm walking i'm i want to i want to embody a feeling and this is going to sound cheesy but there's nothing quite like it that feels quite this glorious but i imagine i'm embodying the energy of the sun and this is like one of my favorite words that i got from functional range conditioning frc and it's irradiate and and they talk about the energy of the sun like irradiate like feel energy like like literally just like forcefully expelling from you in all directions and the power of that and i love that it's circular and spherical because when you walk in this city or you walk anywhere and you decide to walk in that feeling of like being this huge explosive force moving out in all directions and you move with that energy and you move forward i mean i you it's like god factor that's the only way i can describe it like like when people talk about tapping into their divinity or you know their oneness that's an opportunity to feel that and it's just walking but you do that and all of a sudden you just like 
you you see so much love in this world. I sound so cheesy, but it's so true. Like I see the people smiling at each other. I see people who maybe have a frown on their face and I just feel like, what are you going through today? Like, I, I hope that like me walking past you with this like explosive, excited presence helps you in some way. Um, but th- that's like a simple place. I love doing that. It's, it's like anytime I walk, I just feel myself expand. I love it. As soon as you started talking about that, I noticed myself actually like yawning and it was almost like I could feel my body needing to like actually step into that space it was almost like as you said that radiate like radiate I was like my body was like oh we could do that <laughs> um so I know a lot of people you might if you're listening you may have heard the term embodiment and I know that you use that term a lot like how would you define embodiment so I think there's a difference between knowing and feeling Uh, Just like there's a difference between understanding and experiencing. So for me, embodiment is the ability to like know something, not just in your brain, but with all of your senses and all of your being. And, And I think the first place to know it is on a feeling level, because if you can feel it, like feelings are chemical markers in our body. So if you can tap into feeling, you're already tapping into your biology and your chemistry. And when you tap into feeling, there is there's a movement signature. There is a body signature that kind of comes off of that. We see this a lot with uh, the power of like positions. And like, I think there was a Ted talk about this. That was really popular a few years back. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 Like, like we, whether we realize it or not, we are always reading movement before we read any situation. Yes, it's energy, but movement is an energy. So you are deciding who you're attracted to, who you want to be friends with, who you who you sort of put up on a pedestal as a role model, who you're afraid of, who you don't want to interact with, who you don't like, all based off of movement before you even speak to people because of how people are carrying themselves. And that how people carry themselves is so influenced by their feeling. Mm. So, so when I talk about embodiment, I, th- I mean, you know, not being able to take a thought, translate to a feeling, and have that feeling wash over you until it changes your actual physical being. Ooh, that's so juicy. I wonder if you'd be open. So I know you just talked about radiating, but if you have another like simple practice that you could, we could offer and, and kind of leave the listeners with, um, if you made it this far, you're getting a bonus bonus <laughs> from Marie of just a simple practice where you could actually, and actually play with it. Right. Like, cause I love it's the way I see life is it's a laboratory. Right. And especially these tools, like if you want to play with or explore the idea of tapping into like receiving more with more ease basically like I think that's what Joe Dispenza is really talking about or having access to maybe even healing your own body or whatever it is that unimaginable quote-unquote crazy thing or you know out there thing um it's all about practicing right developing that practice so do you have like a simple practice you want to share I I Again, I think a lot of these practices are simple, but they're not easy. (laughs) So one of my favorite ones, um, I I like to create these movement explorations. And I did one recently that I think is very powerful um, in its simplicity because you don't need any equipment, you don't need any kind of space, um, and it'll actually lead you down a lot of beautiful places. So uh, this is like the, the... 
movement exploration that's led through your arms and you're going to find a place to place your feet. So you're going to create a footprint and you're going to stay in that footprint. It can be standing, it can be kneeling, but basically wherever you place your feet or your legs, like you're there. Mm-hmm. And you're going to let your arms lead the rest of your body in movement. And you'll be amazed at how many opportunities come up to move and to create movement using just your arms as the leaders, as the drivers that you probably would have never done before. Mm. And uh, I'm going to give you guys a spoiler, but uh, the feedback I've been getting from this exploration is that it leads people into dancing. Mm. So you get to start from a footprint and I always recommend just putting your favorite song on or, you know, like trying to do at least two minutes and you just keep moving, even if you make mistakes, even if you fall out of your footprint, even if you end up using your legs. But like the whole point is to just start somewhere. So you start by letting your arms lead your movement, influence your spine, your head, your neck, your hips. And then the next thing you know, you're dancing. Oh my God, I love it. Oh, you're such an awesome unicorn. <laughs> I love this. Oh my God, this conversation has been so, so juicy. And I personally am just absorbing all of your brilliance and your wisdom and also being present in your, you are such an embodied being, right? Like it's just being able to be in front of you, be with you is such a gift because um, I personally am like feeling my body in new ways and, and really, you know, dropping in. So where can people experience that if they want to interact with you, if they want to, you know, know more, take classes and work with you, how can they get in touch? Wonder- well, I'm so thrilled that you guys would want to get in touch with me. Uh, please seek me out. So the best uh, places to find me and connect with me on the internet, which is our quickest means of communication nowadays, uh, is through Instagram, which you can just find me, my full name, at Marie Janicek. Uh You can find me on Facebook as well, although Instagram is where I spend most of my time. And you can also find me through my website, which... I'm revamping, but it's a good place to, you know, send me an email if you want to contact me directly. And that is www.mariejanicek.com. I teach uh, for a nonprofit dance organization called Liberated Movement. I'm there on Wednesdays in kind of the Tribeca Chinatown area um, from 7 to 8 p.m. So check out Liberated Movement online if you want to attend. And I will also be teaching at a new studio opening up in Williamsburg this spring called Good Move. And so um, if you guys want any more specific details on that, please feel free to get in touch with me. I am going to be launching a bunch of new offerings this coming year. So get in touch with me somewhere. Stay tuned and can't wait to move and wiggle with you all. I'm so excited. And maybe we'll see you all because I'm going to go to Marie's um, contemporary dance class at Liberate a Movement next Wednesday. What time is it at? 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. So and that's in Brooklyn. Um, So maybe we'll see you there. That's not in Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Oh, awesome. That's amazing. Manhattan even better <laughs> even better for me as a Jersey Cityer so if you made it this far oh my god you're so awesome um we love you I love you have a beautiful rest of your day and we can't wait to see you know what you discover with movement and all of these amazing tools we'll see you soon